wild day for Bitcoin today at one point dropping below 50,000 to 48, then rallying back and ending just a couple percent lower on futures. Let's talk crypto and Bitcoin and more with Ari Paul. He's a co-founder and chief investment officer at Block Tower Capital. Ari, always great to have you back on the show. Thanks for joining. Pleasure. I know you're a long-term guy, Ari. You think about big picture stuff, but I got to get your thoughts on just kind of the recent shorter term action here. Today, we finally saw some volatility to the downside. It seems like it's been a while. You basically got to go back to the pre-Elon days uh, from mid-January to get some volatility. What do you make of the last kind of 48 hours here in Bitcoin? Uh, well, first, I only like coming on your show after there's been a dip. Otherwise, it's just too easy being- uh, <laughs> Right, good timing again. So I, I, I like being under the fire. Um, uh, so we're in a bull run that very rough analogy, I think is something like April 2017. And as we get in towards these later stages of the bull run, um, it seems too easy, right? Bitcoin grinds higher week after week, people start piling on leverage, that leverage then gets washed out. So what we just saw was a pretty textbook uh, liquidation. It was basically $2 billion of leverage longs got liquidated. Um, you know, we're still in a bull trend. Do, are we gonna retest the lows? Maybe, you know, I, I'm not making a really short-term call, but we're very firmly in, in a bull you know, bull secular trend. How do you think about levels right now, Ari? What's important as we broke through 20,000, seemed like a really important area, and then we got to 40. A little volatility broke back again higher. What do you think are kind of the benchmarks right now that Bitcoin investors or traders should set for themselves in terms of acknowledging what might be a healthy correction and what might be potential reversal of trend? Um, really short term, people are looking for 50K to be held to support. Uh, wouldn't scare me to see mid 40s. Uh, you know, as you know, it, you know, if we fell all the way back into the mid 30s, we'd still be at the Bitcoin all-time highs as of a month and a half ago. So the reality is, you need a really sharp sell-off to violate a bull market here. Um, frankly, probably something like 20k, because mm. we, you know, 20k was the all-time high that we got there just two and a half months ago. Mm -hmm. um, so the reality is, it is hyperbolical, and you can have these incredibly deep corrections even in the midst of a raging bull market. Ari, one of the things that I've learned from the, the Bitcoiners uh, over the years has been to watch the logarithmic chart is a really important kind of a guideline for what to expect. And for those that uh, look at the halving cycles as potential catalysts, I'm not sure where you fall into that particular camp, but for those that do, they say this is all within basically the playbook, the crypto canon, as I call it. But from what I see, according to that, too, if you're kind of going by this crypto history of post halvings rallies, it looks like we we should be going pretty nonstop, even higher from here. Am I wrong in that sense? Or uh, how do you think about that as gauging the technical events we're going to see relative to what one might expect if you're going by that particular canon? Uh, yeah, yeah, we're, we're in vertical mode. Um, vertical mode doesn't mean you're up every day. Um, you, you know, during the parabolic rally of 2017, there were plenty of 30% pullbacks. So, uh, you know, you do get pullbacks, and then when you zoom out, you still see what looks like an unbroken parabola, especially on the logarithmic chart. Yep. Um, we, you know, we have so few market cycles in Bitcoin, and every market cycle, it's been a radically different asset, very different in its stage of maturity, the types of market participants. So I'm very wary of assuming that uh, the present and future will resemble the past. With that said, it has been following the playbook remarkably closely. What right now will be the test, Ari? It's one of the things that for me was a really important turning point for Bitcoin was in October when we saw equities buckle. Bitcoin started moving through 20K despite risk off for a couple of weeks there, and then it broke through. To me, that was a big deal to see Bitcoin. It wasn't a big sell off in stocks, but we did have a little valley there that Bitcoin didn't get pulled down with. 
This morning again looks like a little bit of a wake up to Bitcoin and generally speaking over the past we have seen Bitcoin move with stocks. Really that October exception is the one that stands out to me. What do you think to expect going forward about the relationship between Bitcoin and risk assets, particularly those high tech growth NASDAQ companies? Um, so if equities crashed, Bitcoin almost certainly falls just because you have a, everyone gets scared, you have a wealth destruction effect. Uh, for moderate moves, though, the correlation, as it's been realized for the last few months, has been extremely low. Secular uh, Bitcoin is in a secular bull trend that is idiosyncratic. With that said, yeah, I mean, if you tell me equities are down 5% tomorrow, my guess is Bitcoin's down. Um, interesting for me, I've been watching the 10-year yield uh, as a point of concern. So every time 10-year yield rises, gold's been generally getting hit, although the last 48 hours may be an exception. Um, but Bitcoin has been shrugging it off. Frankly, that, that is a concern to me, that if yields are rising aggressively, uh, that I think that probably hurts gold, not a gold expert. Um, and then, you know, does Bitcoin get hurt? Um, this is very hotly debated within crypto, within amongst fund managers, because rising yields may be inflationary, right? Maybe that is just uh, money supply sloshing around, and that's why yields are going up, and it's positive for growth, it's positive for risk assets. So um, that's tough to see, but personally, uh, I'm very happy when I see Bitcoin doing well simultaneous with yields rising. Okay, so this is a, a really an important point because everything right now seems to be hinging on rates. Uh, just kind of based on the uh, logic of this risk correlation, if we see rates higher and we see the NASDAQ higher today, to your point, then maybe we see Bitcoin wrapped into that. But if it doesn't, then uh, there's something we have to keep in mind there, right? I mean, we, do we really know what Bitcoin should be doing in this type of recovery scenario that people are mapping out, like a 6% plus GDP? I mean, what does kind of your gut tell you that should mean for Bitcoin, Ari? I don't think we know. Um, I think it's, it's very tough to say. I, I look back to analogies of like the 1970s for trying to figure out how, how do different assets do under rising inflation expectations and rising yields. Um, and I mean, th this is debated in the traditional asset world, of course, where, uh, you know, every macro fund right now is trying to figure out if yields are rising, is that good or bad for equities? And it's not a black and white answer. It really depends on what are real yields doing? Why are yields rising? Um, are they rising because people fear inflation? Or are they rising because there's just, um, like it, uh, financial repression is being eased off, you know? Um, I, it's hard for me to see Bitcoin suffering from a risk on environment. So if we have higher growth and higher real interest rates, I think that's a positive, although you could make an argument that rising real interest rates are generally bad for gold and maybe for Bitcoin as well, because the opportunity cost is higher. Big picture though, um, I think Bitcoin's in a secular bull trend and it's going to take an exogenous shock or a real scare to break that. And that's probably not equities up. So I, I'm, I'm personally much more concerned about a scenario where equities are down 20% right. or, uh, you know, particularly with yields higher. That's the scenario where, you know, I, I could see Bitcoin's bull being broken. I've seen you talk, Ari, about the changes to infrastructure, of course. So a lot of folks in crypto point to institutional investors who have uh, more ways, more clearance to uh, get exposure through some of the new ways to trade Bitcoin. And we've seen adoption just from an anecdotal basis of a lot of folks traditionally in markets who have talked about dabbling in Bitcoin. Most of the time, what I hear is that they like it as this diversifier, right? And to me, that comes back to this correlation conversation where if all the big money uh, traditional Wall Street guy's been dabbling. And if that's a reason for the run from 20 to, to 60, then what do you expect they are expecting? I mean, if a, a big hedge fund manager decided to put three or 4% in Bitcoin to dabble around, so far it's working for him, is he gonna stick with it? If it goes in the same direction of stocks? Because to me, that still seems like a, a major risk here that perhaps it's just the same we've seen in the past, but the stack sizes of the players at the table are bigger this time. 
Yeah, um, I, I think a lot of allocators, they're not viewing it as part of their equity book or, as, or thinking it's a hedge to equity. It's more a hedge for fiat. It's more, um, you know, a growing narrative among billionaires and even institutional investors is, I mean, this is kind of crazy to say, but okay, Bitcoin at 50K or 60K, what am I going to sell that into? So if the dollar is depreciating at an accelerating rate, you start thinking about it, not so much that you're making money in fiat terms, but wow, the cost of Bitcoin, Bitcoin's expensive, right? So like a, as, as a joke, I, I uh, tweeted, you know, 50K used to be a lot of money, now can't even buy one Bitcoin. Yeah. That was a joke, but, but there's a hint of truth to it, at least in the way a lot of the current buyers are thinking about it. So when you look at the dollar relationship, dollar has been firmer since the start of the year. Bitcoin's been blasting off no problem. Is there a, a problem in that uh, correlation breaking down there? Because the dollar down at 89, we haven't seen that in two months. Uh, should you expect Bitcoin to come under pressure if the dollar doesn't resume its trend lower? Um, not, not in a general sense. So Bitcoin is not a hedge for the dollar, it's a hedge for fiat. And we're in a world where central banks globally are mostly devaluing their currency. And so when we say the dollar, um, sometimes, you know, it might be, I might have had a slip of the tongue where I really meant dollars, right, currencies globally. Okay. Um, you do have brief pockets, you have regimes where Bitcoin will be more correlated with, with the dollar. And that suggests that it's U.S. people looking to hedge the dollar. Um, similarly, we've had periods where Bitcoin is very inversely correlated with, with the Chinese yuan, where it's Chinese investors looking to hedge the yuan with Bitcoin. But over a longer term time frame, this is a global asset. Investors globally are looking to hedge their local fiat exposure with Bitcoin. So it's not about the dollar euro exchange rate or the dollar yuan. It's about fiat in general being depreciated in value. Ari, uh, we're running out of time, but I want to make sure to get to one, I think, really important question here, which is, it's, a, it's kind of a short-term question within the longer-term prospects for Bitcoin, because uh, one thing that certainly I think is apparent is over the last six months, more people have grown to the idea that we are doing too much in an already pretty healthy economy from expectations of just personal income and savings, right? All the jobless stuff is still bad, but for the most part, that's on paper. It seems like the folks who have warmed up to Bitcoin lately are warming up to it because they think we're doing too much. In your mind, what's happened already and what's been priced in $2 trillion, is that enough to keep Bitcoin at this elevation? Or do you think over the coming six months or a year in 2021, we need to have surprisingly more policy coming to keep people coming into Bitcoin? Um, not over the next three to six months. We're, we're currently on in a flywheel where uh, Bitcoin makes a new high that attracts more media attention, that attracts more retail. Um, retail onboarding, so we're now in the retail meat of the bull run, which uh, it really only started maybe two months ago. Um, all the exchanges have, have uh, backloads, like Coinbase can't onboard people as fast as they want to onboard to buy. Same with uh, basically all of the fiat on-ramps. So hmm. um, as a function of time, Bitcoin price is going up just because word is spreading and people are allocating. Look, Elon had his announcement that Tesla bought Bitcoin. It takes a month, two months, three months for other investors to go through the institutional allocation process. There's a time lag. So there's this mountain of money that's still coming into this. Basically, if nothing changes, there's another $10 billion of institutional U.S. buying going to happen in the next over the next six months. Um, you know, at some point, do you need the inflation fears to play out? Probably. Yeah. I mean, if Bitcoin is at 100K, 200K, and in six months we're chatting and it's, you know, hey, now we're headed towards a, a deflationary recession, Bitcoin would be in some trouble in that scenario. Okay. Ari, really like the analysis. Uh, appreciate uh, all the back and forth. Really good stuff. Thanks as always. Thank you. Ari Paul's co founder and CIO at Block Tower Capital.